You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ray Allen opened up to our own Cedric Maxwell in an exclusive interview with CLNS's Cedric Maxwell podcast. I'm Sierra Goodwill here with Joe Sway Pavone and Mike Petralia. Guys, Ray Allen spoke about a lot of different topics, but the big one and the big conversation point that came out of this interview was how hurt Ray Allen said he is for being ousted pretty much from the big three. We're going to start this video off with a clip of the audio from the interview. As, as you know, when I left, um, I left as a free agent. Um, I left um, because, you know, there were so many un unresolved issues that the team wasn't uh, considering or, you know, willing to change. You know, I've gotten so much hate, death threats, vitriol from, uh, from Boston fans, from, you know, obviously these guys have uh, kind of removed me from the big three, said so many negative things about me, and I have had one negative thing to say about, you know, any of them, you know, we could talk about, you know, the things that we went through, you know, we've had tough times. We're brothers. We went through a lot, yeah. uh, but that doesn't change anything that we've done. And so it just, it, it did, it hurt me, you know, over the course of this time, just to hear, you know, just some of the things that have been said, it is like, you know, we're supposed to be celebrating you know, these times, you know, having one in 2008. Guys, what's your reaction to hearing Allen say that Pierce and Garnett's comments have cut him so deep over these last 12 years? Well, we've heard this before, right? Ray Allen just can't get over the fact that he wasn't in, I think, the brotherhood with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. That's really, to me, what this comes down to. And uh, I think Ray Allen, uh, until he talks with Kevin Garnett, um, this is going to be something that is a burr in his side, and he's just not emotionally going to be able to get over it. And I don't know if Kevin Garnett is going to be that willing to want to talk to him. Yeah, I'm with you, Travis. I think the hardest part of this whole thing is envisioning someone like Kevin Garnett picking up the phone, calling Ray Allen and saying, can you please come to my Jersey retirement? I mean, I just don't see that happening. I think that's the only way we get a chance to see Ray Allen at that particular ceremony. Now, these three, they've had a number of opportunities to reunite. It hasn't happened. I do think there's still a slight chance that it happens, but I just don't see Ray Allen going through with it, especially because this isn't a celebration of the 2008 championship. I think if that was the case, if it was under those circumstances, then right. I think it's, you're you're more likely to see those guys reach out to, to Ray, specifically Kevin Garnett, because let's face it, I don't think there's one Celtics fan that would say that team wins a championship without Ray Allen uh, on it or any of those guys, any three of those guys. 
And uh, I think, again, I just don't see it realistically happening. I do think Ray is really hurt. I don't think he envisioned those other two guys carrying on this feud. I know Paul Pierce has said some, some things to sort of mend, you know, mend the fences, but it just, mm -hmm. we just haven't seen it from KG. And, and until that happens, I don't see Ray Allen coming back to Boston anytime soon. Yeah, and unlike a lot of Boston sports fans, I tend to be a Ray Allen apologist. Maybe that's because I am a UConn Huskies fan or his daughter went to the same Bye, college yes. as me. But Bye, you could yes. tell you could tell in this interview that this is just something that's weighed on him over the past decade plus. So maybe who knows, this interview with Max will maybe light a fire under him to try to reach out that one last time and mend that relationship. There is something motivating them to mend this relationship with KG's number retirement in the future. Um, so that gives them a reason to kind of reunite and reconnect and see if they can uh, kind of make water under the bridge. What do you guys think it would take for Allen to come back to Boston? And what would that look like? Would he not get a very warm welcome? Well, I look, I think a couple of things have to happen. Somebody has got to get to KG if KG is not going to do it on his own. And that's two, two people come to mind. Cedric Maxwell, who now can say that he actually spoke to Ray Allen. And if Cedric Maxwell, who certainly has a lineage of Celtics championship history and a legacy in Boston and left Boston under, uh, I don't want to say questionable, but certainly controversial terms. He didn't leave Boston. Um, after the, you know, carrying the 81 team to the um, NBA title and was the uh, MVP of that uh, NBA finals. You know, if that weren't the case, um, I think Cedric Maxwell wouldn't feel like he has a voice. But I think either Cedric Maxwell or Doc Rivers, if one of those two guys gets to um, Kevin Garnett and says, hey, look, let's try and put water under the bridge Let's try to put this in the past once and for all. And KG, if you do this, you're going to be the hero. And that's the other thing. If KG can be convinced that this is not only for the good uh, of the Celtics, but it is also going to make put him in a very good light leading into the Jersey retirement, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I agree, Trax. I think it's a possibility, but I just think the two situations are, are very different when we're talking about what Maxwell went through and what Ray went through, which is what, honestly, was probably my favorite part of that episode, you know, to, to be able to step aside and let those two guys talk about their experiences and how things went down for both of them. I think the biggest difference between the two is the fact that the Celtics reached out to Max, you know, when, for, for Larry Bird night. That's sort of what got the dialogue back, you know, that's right. what kind of got it, things going again between those two organizations, between uh, the organization and between um, Cedric Maxwell. And I think seeing his number get retired, obviously that, without him coming to Larry Bird night, maybe that doesn't happen. You know, maybe they continue this feud. I don't see the Celtics reaching out, or KG for that matter, reaching out to Ray Allen, but maybe it does take someone like Max to sort of get in between those guys and talk some sense into them. Maybe we see some sort of mediation via Skype or Zoom yeah. you know, nowadays, the way we're communicating, and maybe those three guys have a hash it out between the three of them. But I would love to see it, honestly. Again, because it's not a championship, the, the O-Way championship celebration, I do think that really diminishes the chances of seeing him show up. But what a moment that would be to see those three guys back together after, you know, almost a decade of, of not being seen together and all coming together to celebrate Kevin Garnett's number five going up into the Raptors. I mean, that's just a moment I would love to see. And even though I was in huge... Uh, fan of Ray's decision, you know, years ago, I do think that he's, it's, 
enough time has passed for us to sort of say, you know what, seeing those guys together would be a special moment. One one more thing I, I want to add. When something like, when this subject gets brought up time and time and time again, and it's going to right up until, you know, Kevin Garnett's uh, jersey is raised to the rafters, one thing is driven home to me. This is deeply personal. And uh, you know that there's a bond between Kevin Garnett and Rajon Rondo. Mm. And I think whatever happened between Kevin Garnett, uh, excuse me, between Rajon Rondo and Ray Allen, um, whether it was a falling out personally, something happened, you know, between the two that really uh, lit a fire and really drove uh, the nail between or drove a big divide between those two stars. That really hurt Kevin Garnett because Kevin Garnett looked at Rajon Rondo as like a kid brother, a little brother, if not a son. And I think that you cannot undersell the uh, import of that uh, in all of this dynamic. You know, Trax, I'm glad you brought that up because, sorry, sir, not to cut you off. No worries. Quick question, Trax. I mean, you were very close to that team, to that era, and you were able to cover those guys. By your estimation, what do you think went wrong? What transpired between the first two years and those last two years with Ray Allen being around? What do you think? Because from the stories I've read and the columns that I've, you know, read through, Rondo was sort of shadowing Ray in the beginning, right? He sort of looked at him as a mentor, and something went wrong years later. Well, and I think Rondo became a bigger voice uh, in the locker room, and Rondo gravitated towards Kevin Garnett. I really do think it's uh, that simple. Uh, and when the two had their uh, falling out on the court, Ray Allen and Rajon Rondo, uh, Kevin Garnett, I, I think it's pretty safe to say, uh, took the side of Rajon Rondo because they naturally gravitated towards one another. I really don't think it's... Uh, any more complicated than that when you're talking about the KG, Ray Allen, and Rajon Rondo triangle. Look around you. It's a wireless world, and everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. And Raycon's latest model, the E25, is their best one yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for on-the-go listening and for taking phone calls. I love my Raycon earbuds for doing errands, grocery shopping. They're sleek. They've got a great design, and they're really, really uh, great for on the go. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. You've heard me talk about how the company was confounded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Cardi B are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. It's your time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com. Dot com slash garden. That's buyraycon.com slash garden for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash garden. Ray Allen opened up about his relationship with the late Kobe Bryant in an exclusive interview with our own Cedric Maxwell. I'm Sarah Goodwill here with Josue Pavone and Mike Petralia to break down all of his comments. Let's listen to this clip about how Allen kind of responded to the news of Kobe's death and how he wishes he had the chance to reminisce on their great rivalry while he was still around. 
you know, we always competed and obviously he wanted to always prove to people that he was better than me because I was drafted higher than him. Um, but that's, that's probably the source behind our, our rivalry. You know, we had an intense rivalry in, uh, when I played in Seattle and uh, then obviously playing in the finals in Boston. So it wasn't like I had anything against him. I just loved competing against him. I wanted to beat him as much as he wanted to beat me. So um, it just was, you, you think about it, it's like, wow, we played a game for a living for our whole lives. And, and I think in a lot of situations, Max, when you're playing in a, in a city like Boston and LA is, has this, this, this huge rivalry and you're, to some extent, you're made to hate anything. <laughs> like, you know how it is. Yes. And, you know, but when you get removed from it, you realize, like, who, what is it that I really hate? I don't hate you. I don't dislike you for anything. I love those comments from Alan because, obviously, Boston and L.A. were rivals. They hated each other as cities, but the players didn't have any ill will towards each other personally. Alan obviously wishing he had that time now to sit down with Kobe and watch that rivalry unfold together and talk about it. What did you think when you heard Alan talk about his relationship with Kobe? Respect. That's the, you know, the thing that uh, any great athlete who is very close to and was very close to Kobe Bryant's level, and certainly Ray Allen as a pure shooter, was at that level. Um, you know, I think you, you can tell from listening to Ray Allen talk to Max that he has had an incredible uh, level of respect when the two played. Um, watched the, you know, the Mamba mentality. We've heard so much about it. Well, I think Ray Allen, in his own way, uh, really kind of embraced that Mamba mentality very quietly, but you know, very, uh, very definitively in his own playing style. I think a lot of people think that Ray Allen was smooth, a smooth operator, really never expressed any emotion on the court when the way he played was how he chose to really uh, pursue that mentality on the court. Yeah, I feel like I could listen to Ray go on and on about what he thought of Kobe and their relationship. And he talked about how enthusiastic he was. He always remembers that side of Kobe. Uh, as a young, you know, player coming into the league at the same time. And I love it. You know, you look at what Ray did, how meticulous he was and his, the way he would prep and and, and prepare to, you know, take on opponents. And it's very similar of what we saw from Kobe Bryant and the way he would talk about how obsessive he was in film studies. And Ray Allen did things, you know, very similar in terms of he had his pattern, he had his routine that he had to do. Uh, every single game. So it was really interesting and really great to hear him talk about Kobe. You know, you hear so many other uh, uh, Hall of Famers talk about Kobe and what he meant to the game. And Ray Allen, you know how Ray is. Ray sort of keeps to himself. So, you know, putting together this, you know, seeing this uh, interview come together and for him to talk about Kobe, that was a really special moment throughout that, uh, throughout that episode. And we've heard a lot from people who absolutely loved Kobe and had really special close bonds with Kobe throughout his entire NBA career. So I thought it was a really unique perspective to hear from one of Kobe's rivals, someone who competed hard against him. Obviously, they're two kids from South Carolina. They have a long history. Uh, we heard Allen say that Kobe was trying to be better than him ever since Allen got drafted higher than him. So it was a unique perspective, and it just sheds light on how universally respected and valued Kobe Bryant was as a basketball player. The other thing I would say is the one thing you know that Ray Allen appreciated about Kobe is he was big in big moments. And I think, you know, we think back of all the big shots that Ray Allen hit for the Celtics in the 2008 playoffs uh, and the NBA finals against Kobe. But it was Ray Allen's shot against 
um, the San Antonio Spurs that I probably remember the most when uh, he helped LeBron win another title. Uh, and it was arguably the biggest shot of Ray Allen's career, the game saver uh, in game six of the 2013 NBA Finals uh, when it looked like the Miami Heat were you know, dead in the water and he rescued them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also, too, people forget Ray Allen was one of the top scorers, especially uh, the season before he came to Boston. He was putting up close to 30. You know, when he was out in Seattle, him and Kobe would really go at it. And I just always remember who Ray was, that guy being one of the top scorers who could not only just be a threat from behind the arc, but could really, you know, score off the dribble. And of course, he did have to take a, a you know, a, a another role when he came to Boston. I think easily, I think Tracks would agree with me had to give up the most, had to sacrifice the most out of those three guys between him, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. And, of course, he did it with grace and, and you know, the, the way uh, Ray Allen always conducted himself throughout his career. And this Garden Report is brought to you by Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com slash garden. That is buyraycon.com slash garden. For the full exclusive interview between Ray Allen and Cedric Maxwell, be sure to check that out on our website at clnsmedia.com. And for all the rest of our Celtics content, go to our YouTube channel at Celtics All Access.